You're listening to The Building Code, your guide to a better way to run your business. I'm Tesla Tom. <laughs> I didn't think you'd actually do that. <laughs> I did. We were having a conversation right before we got started that I do not want to say my first and last name anymore. Yeah. I've, that's it. So you just want to be Madonna now? No, I just want to be Paul. Just Paul. I feel like our listeners, like Joe here, understand who we are by now, right? If you've listened to a few yeah. episodes, I'm Paul. You're Tom. Yeah. Sometimes Tesla Tom, Hollywood Tom, technology Tech Tom. Tom. Yeah. Yeah. Let's introduce the guest. Okay. <laughs> Joining us today on the podcast via phone is Joe Christensen, founder and owner of Cardinal Crest Homes, based out of Kansas City. Welcome to the podcast, Joe. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Hello, Joe. Kansas City, just three hours south of us. Yeah. Yeah. So we're real close to you guys. Midwest. Yeah. Great market in Kansas City. I love yes. that town. It's very similar to Omaha, but bigger and... Um, it's a different environment building-wise, for sure, yeah. which we'll probably get into. And oh, yeah. recent winners of the Super Bowl. Right. <laughs> we definitely should talk how, about that. How about those Chiefs? That's wow, right. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> is, is the city still buzzing? Yes. I mean, so what's kind of cool is over the last, like, nine years, I've only lived here full-time nine years, we've had a Sporting Cup MLS winners. The, so that, sporting is one. People go nuts for the Sporting. Yeah. Yep. MLS, we had yeah. the Royals World Series win. That's right. And we've had now the Chiefs. Like, so it's been a good decade for like Kansas City sports. It's for been sure. really cool. And the team looks like they're not going anywhere. Yeah, no. Totally. It's it's a a solid team. They'll be competitive. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. for you. It, it's definitely like because it's a smaller town, it means a lot to the city. And so sure. I, I, the city's still buzzing, like you said. That's a good word for this it. This is kind of, a, kind of a joke question, but not really. Like, do sales go up? When something like that happens, honestly, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like if, if people are, if it was my you know? team and like they just won, and I'm young, like I'm in my younger thirties, like I'm staying here for a while. Things, I feel good. I feel good. Let's go buy double a down. Let's go buy a house. Honey. Double down. <laughs> <laughs> is that true or not? Or is that just I my hopeful? It translated to that. Yeah. Um, I actually, I think like showings in like our showing reports through our model homes, showings were down during the playoffs. And the Super Bowl, obviously. Sure. Yeah. And the week after, it picked up a ton. Well, there so, you go. So I, mean, I guess there's some there's, there's some truth something to that. there. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I'll, I'll take that offline. I'll do a whole data report on that. Sure. <laughs> Visit, I'm excited to, to read that report. <laughs> Visit every uh, winning team. So just go to New England for sure. six, six years. <laughs> just go to go to the Patriots for the next ten years and see yeah. what happens. And see what happens. All right, we're get we are off track. So. We're in the weeds. As many of our listeners know, when we have a uh, a new company on that hasn't been on the podcast yet, we want to know all about you, Joe, uh, Cardinal Crest. We like to start there. Yep. Tell us the background of the name. Tell us about the name. Oh, it's actually kind of funny. So it actually is a was a college project. Cardinal Crest Homes was a capstone project my business partner and I created, and uh, for the uh, NAHB student competition so i don't know if you guys are, are aware of that but yeah, like yeah every yeah so every year the student competitions happen and they give you a big project you do a feasibility study a market analysis on a on a, on a project mm -hmm. well ours 10 years ago was for a home builder that was a scattered lot home builder in north carolina north carolina state bird was a cardinal and they had the Appalachian Mountains, so we kind of made up Crest. We created this logo, and we actually really liked it. And in the end, we um, 
Uh, it it kind of goes in a little bit how we started, but that's where the name comes. As funny as it is, an old school project. Is that's that, incredible. Is that still the logo too today? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's still the same logo. We've kind of morphed it now where like we use a lot of times we'll just use the bird, uh, an outline of a cardinal because it's kind of become popular enough around the city that we've branded it a little bit more. So now we're, we're, we're trying to be really cool like Apple and like not show the name and just hopefully people say like the bird and be like, oh, that's Cardinal Chris. It's not working yet, but you know, no. who knows? <laughs> hey, aspirations are good. We welcome those. <laughs> Apple Tom right? likes that. Apple Tom likes that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I knew, I knew Tech Tom was going to be in on that. That's why oh, I did absolutely. That. He literally, and this is not hyperbole, you literally own every device, like consumer device that they've ever brought up. Yes. That's unbelievable. True story. That's a true story. Yeah. So we won't go down there. Every. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Good. Yeah. It, that, well, we, that would be another five minute segment, which we won't do. Five. We'll say. Don't get them started. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. So great. You, you started this when you were talking about the logo and the name, how you got started. So let's just go down that road. So what happened after okay. college? So um, I, I went back to college. Um, I graduated when I was 29. Before that, I had worked with... Uh, a commercial contractor, a regional home builder. I'm actually originally from Las Vegas. And um, my business partner and I met in college. Uh, I was 29 at that time, and I had some experience underneath my belt. And I said, listen, it was 2011, 2010. I said, I'm I'm ready. Market's actually down. Uh, I had high hopes that it was going to have an upswing. And I said, if there's any time to make it work, it's now. So we actually took what we did in that project of uh, that NHB competition and copied it around the country. So we actually looked into Kansas City. I looked into Utah. I actually graduated from Brigham Young University. I, I looked into uh, North Carolina, San Antonio, some other hot mar- markets. Um, in the end, we picked Kansas City. I have some family ties here. Uh, um, the reason, reason we picked Kansas City was because of no national builders, no regional builders, it is dominated by local builders, and the largest builder at that time only owned like 2% of the market, if that. It's mm-hmm. a very on-your-lot kind of building, um, similar to Boise, Idaho. I have some friends who build in Boise, similar to that, although Boise's grown a little faster. But anyway, in a nutshell, um, that's what we, we ended up moving out here, starting from scratch, built our first model home in 2011, and uh, fired away. And, you know, at, at that time, market was pretty pretty bad. Well, it, it, it was kind of just sputtering. And so we had kind of, we, we were pretty low expectations. We were thinking, hey, we get this one home, um, you know, we'll slowly go on that. We'll do some remodels on the side. And uh, it slowly just started spiraling to, from now, 2011 to date, so almost nine years in business, we've done about 100 and. 20 homes and a handful of other remodels along the way as well. So that's awesome. Great. Yeah, that's great. So it was just you and your business partner to start. Yep. And were you guys just working out of your home and, and just sort of making it work or what? Yeah, we did a couple things. Uh, we worked out of our homes at times. The funny thing is when we first started, my business partner didn't even have a vehicle. I was the only one with a truck and it was this Silverado, like maroon car, (laughs) maroon truck, single cab. And so I would pick him up. Uh, I would pick him up from his apartment, and we would uh, head to the job sites. Oh, but wow. uh, yeah, we worked out of our apartment at first. I mean, we really bootstrapped it for a while, and then a basement. 
And even to this day, I mean, we've had some great success, but we still, um, I'm currently in one of our model homes. We office out of the garages of all our model homes. We don't currently have an actual uh, rented office space. And we're about, uh, we're, we're 10 on, including my business partner and I, as far as staff members. So yeah, let's, talk team. About, let's talk about that. So yeah. I honestly don't know. What are the advantage as a construction company? And I, it probably depends on what segment you're in and, and what type of construction you do. Uh, like if you don't have any clients, I, I assume that like you don't really need a place for your potential homeowners to come. But that aside, what are the advantages for a con- construction company to go out and go ahead and get an office? Uh, and what are the advantages to just keep sort of like remotely doing it? Because a lot of companies inside construction and out, like I can think of software companies I know, yep. when they're starting up, they're all remote and they all work off coffee shops and you got Zoom and you got FaceTime and you got everything to stay connected. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the advantages in your opinion, Joe, just of having that real physical office and not? So like for us, the model homes have always been like an, an easy like transition or not even a transition, like an easy home base. Because right now what we've done and we've done for years, we used to be in the basements of our model homes and now we're, we do like a mini split system in the garage and we do, do it at the garage. But what's nice is that I, I meet clients right in the model home. We usually deck out the model homes. They're, they're the showstoppers. They're nothing, you know, uh, nothing in there is uh, base material or whatever sure. you may say. Mm-hmm. So it's really nice to be able to walk out and say on our first meeting, here's our model home. Here it is. And I don't have to drive to that. And people, I mean, Missouri, I live in Kansas City, Missouri. It's called the show me state, I feel like, for a reason. (laughs) People, like you can have a million pictures, but people want to touch and feel a home. Because it's emotional, right? It's a big, big investment. All your memories are made here. So people are very much wanting to see and touch it. And so it's really worked really well. So, But the disadvantages, I'll tell you that. Like The advantages are that I'm right here on the home base and I've got my product right in front of people. Yep. That makes sense. But the disadvantages, which eventually is going to, um, uh, it already kind of has gotten to us, is that parking. I'm in a neighborhood, and I've got now nine cars that say, trucks and cars that say Cardinal Crest on the side. Oh, yeah. And so I'm, I'm like, you know, we've got a three-car uh, driveway that I'm like packed in tight. We've got people on the street. And we try to visit the homeowners and tell them, hey, this is temporary. You know, we're going to we're going to be really courteous. And if there's anything ever happens, we'll take care of it. But I, I could feel sometimes the tension of that, that like sure. these guys are running a construction company out of their garage, which we are. That's that's 100 percent correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a nice garage, yeah. though. Yeah, yeah, it's just that's awesome. a good garage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, when people open the door to the garage, if like we so that's the other disadvantage parade of homes happens mm-hmm. we have to lock the door mm-hmm. and if somebody and my desk happens to be right by the door and <laughs> so if somebody doesn't lock the door you have this awkward moment when someone opens the door realizes that there's a huge like office home base in this garage and they just stare at you for at least like it's like a deer in the headlights moment with human beings and it's really weird and it happens every time they usually just stare at you for like you know, 30 seconds for a minute and go, Oh, this is an office. <laughs> and then I have to say, be really nice. Cause they could be a potential client. And I say, yes, it is. Uh, is there anything I can do for you? And I hope the answer is no. Right. But when it's yes, there goes my day. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you're so always, a, you're always getting interrupted throughout the day. Yeah. That's a tough one. It, it, it can. It Most can of the time, 
mm-hmm. we lock that door and I don't answer it unless someone's persistent. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I see it. I see it slowly coming to an end. Mm-hmm. Um, we are bringing a, another uh, project manager on board and uh, that's going to be our 10th. We're going to be 10 people in here. I emotionally love it because of just being so close to my product. Like I'm going to miss that. So I feel like, wow, like it's going to be hard to meet people at just some office space. Do I have to build out something cool? But then I'm like, I don't want to spend that money, but I don't want to show people just some run in the mill office space with, you know, carpet tiles. And uh, so it's right now we're kind of got that uh, hit, that hinge point of what to do. So anyway, that's a great question. That's been on my mind for a long time. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of listeners are thinking about that too. So thanks for sharing your experience on that. Uh, Let's transition a little bit to talk about what sets Cardinal Crest apart because you've been on our radar for a little while just because of your customer experience that you offer. So we kind of like to dive in and talk about that if that's cool with you. Yeah. Um, You know, we actually, we, not not like, you guys didn't pay me to say this or anything, but we've been using Builder Trend for, almost the inception of Cardinal Crest. I think it's been eight and a half years or so, eight years. And uh, and I, I say that to segue in kind of what sets us apart. Like we have always looked at like, you know, we're a service industry, right? And a lot of uh, people say that. And, and so as a service industry, how do you like get rid of the friction of the, you know, purchasing uh, the experience of, and we mostly build custom homes. So they're, they're sold before we do have models, but those are just to show people. So we, we're constantly getting into the nitty gritty of how do you, um, how do you solve that? All the friction points of the customer experience, how do you stop those combustion points of, as they're going throughout the build process? And, um, we've actually won this is we, we've really, and we use builder trend, religiously in certain areas to, to help solve some of those things. So what we do, we're, we're a custom builder. We're super heavy on pre-construction and that's really unique to us in this Kansas city area. I know it's not unique nationally, but so if somebody comes to us and they eventually, they go through our stock plans and they eventually decide they want to build with us, we, we get a design deposit down and then we have, we have in-house uh, architecture. So we, we're true design build where we're going to take four to six weeks. They can take one of our base plans and they can tweak it. They can go full custom. And so we have an architecture department of, of, of two guys that handle all that. And after that architecture gets down and we got a solid plan, we give them a new base price. And then we go on to pre-construction selections and we have a full, a full-time interior designer and we do everything. I tell people I want to get down to 98% of the cost of the home at final contract. I want to be able to have a 2% contingency or gray area. And really, I tell them the only thing that I don't know is the subsurface materials. Everything else, we should be able to figure out. If we've got a lot, if we've got a plan, and we're going to control the specs, I could be able to get a client 98%, and the 2% is going to be what's underneath the soil that I can't control and maybe acts of God. So we, I mean, that that pre-construction could be three months, you know, depends on the client how big the home is it can be four to six months if if you know what their timeline is but we are really heavy on that and the reason being is because if you're custom architecture immediately like a lot of times people separate architecture interior design too much where you know depending on like just like in the bathroom the way that the, the bathroom lines up 
it has, it directly communicates and talks with interior design as well. They're, they go hand in hand. And a lot of times what happens, and we notice this, and this is why we brought it all in house, is that you get plans from an architect and then the interior designer wants to do something totally different. And then you're like, hey, that's just not gonna work. And you're having this conflict constantly, like trying to make this work on site where the architect drew something and interior design wants something. So anyway, that pre-construction solves all that. And then the other thing is it makes the, makes the build process enjoyable. The homeowner knows, hey, I've got all my selections. They're on builder trend. We've done our builder trend selection, like section is, is heavy, super populated. And, uh, and so we have it all documented. And usually they might be tweaking it, but it's just little things, just little things. And that way, I mean, anytime someone says I had a horrible experience building, it's because the communication was bad or the expectations weren't aligned. And I feel like the pre-construction solves all that. That's really good. That was a good answer. Yeah. I mean, I think that makes sense to uh, somebody from outside the business, because I think that's the real shock for people who don't know construction. And that's where uh, the miscommunication happens is that I do feel a lot of custom home builders and remodelers feel like they're communicating really well. And they feel like totally. they're setting expectations really well. The problem is, is that those expectations are just in their head based on their historical, hey, I know it'll get done. Don't worry. It'll be fine. And right. yeah, you know, you might be able to pay a little bit more here or there, but that's just how it works. Right. They don't even say that verbally to the client. That's just what they think. And so when you come in raw from not knowing construction, you're already on high alert. It's probably the biggest investment you've made to date in your in your history as a family, probably, or yourself. So to be super, super clear and take that time in the pre-sale process is, I think, going to pay it back times 10, right? Yeah. Do a lot of your um, clients end up being good, really good resource for you for new leads? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, that's what, I mean, I expect that. When I, and I tell clients that I'm, I'm building this home. Um, and, and, you know, I've worked for production builders. I've, and nothing wrong with that. There's a total, there's a market for it. There's a reason for it. And I totally respect that because I've been in that field. You know, they, they solve a part of the segment or uh, of the population that needs a price point home. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I build a different type of home. And... It's a, I would be lying if I, as, as business oriented I am and as, um, as much as I work on strategy and systems, I'm super emotional about the process too. Mm -hmm. And I like that part. Like mm -hmm. I like that it is. And I tell my clients that like, this is, you're going to get comfy with me. You got to like me and I got to like you a little bit because it's going to, it's super personal. Yeah. You might not think it's going to be emotional, but you guys are going to start thinking like, I'm going to live here forever and it's so much money. And so to answer your question, like I 100% tell people, I am not a one and done. I want your friends' homes. I want your family's homes. I want everybody. So I want when, I'm, when you're done, I want to say, you've got to build a Cardinal Crest. It's the only way. It's the greatest experience. And so with that, you, if that's kind of been our mantra. There's a lot of expectations that I mm -hmm. think is built into that. And so we've, we, we do a lot to try to make it smooth. And there's always, I tell people, there's always going to be a problem. There will always be something that will arise that's going to be, seems like it's the end of the world. And it's the way we all handle it together is what's going to make it right. It, it, we're never going to throw our arms up and say, that's just the way it is. It's, it's, it's a constant you know, communication negotiation about how to handle things and how they, when they come up. 
Yeah. So as far as com communicating with your customer, can you give us a little insight into how you guys approach that? Do you set, you know, like a, a standard with your project managers that you need to be creating a daily log and tagging uh, the owner in it on a certain frequency? Or can you give us some insight yeah. into that? Yeah. So we actually, that's, that's, that's perfect. We, uh, we do all the project managers. So we actually have a rough in project manager who handles the job from uh, foundation all the way up to uh, pass uh, rough in inspections. He's going to get that house rough inspected. And then there's a point where there's a handoff crossover and then the finish uh, project manager takes over from there. And uh, we can get in a little bit why we do that. <laughs> but uh, to answer your question, Every time they're on site, they should be creating daily logs. And even if it says, and we, it's taken a little bit, but we try to tell them, you don't need to be formal about it. You're, you're going to be, t it's as if you're texting them. Just text them. Hey, it was on site. This is what's going on. I talked to this guy. They love to hear that. This is brand new to them. Don't, don't make it. And, and Paul, you talked about that. It's a second language to, to them. To us, it's so easy to be like, I talked to the structural engineer and went, looked at this trusses and moment frame of this beam is right here. It's not going to work and blah, blah, blah. You know, you get into this craziness. But um, so, yes, we, we try to do daily logs, do a lot of pictures. Um, and then we actually have like a communication, like a sign off sheet with our clients where we say, hey, we can text, we can phone call. But if you want to change, it's got to be a change order. No matter what, even if it's going to cost, if it's not going to cost money or not, it's got to go through builder trend. Don't matter. It's not going to happen unless it's so. So you can text us and phone call, but you got to put a request of a change order if it's going to happen. And that helps a ton because mm -hmm. as they get comfortable with you, they flood you with information. Mm -hmm. And then the, the other thing we do is we use the, the software so much. Our selections are actually broken out in our milestone meetings. We have our we have predetermined walkthroughs. And each one of those predetermined walkthroughs have deadlines associated with the selections. And we, we have an agenda that we give people. So we say, okay, foundation's coming up, the foundation's board. We're going to have a foundation milestone. And they have this agenda sheet that says, this is what we're going to go over. And this is what we're going to talk about. We might even have a little fun activity that's going to say, hey, we're going to do this too. And we're going to take pictures by the foundation. We're going to talk about this. And you're, these are the upcoming selections. And, and then here's the closing date. And we haven't had any issues with it. Or this is what we project. And so... I think communication-wise, it's got to be constant, and the next thing it's got to be organized. And Absolutely, I think yeah. we use. I that's love that you added in the stuff. fun aspect of that too. I think that's important. Like you said, organized. It's got to be constant, but it needs to be like you can ha you can enjoy your job. Like that's not a, totally. you know, like that should be a, a part of everybody's right. business, right? You make this enjoyable, not just for you, but for them. Like thinking of that, Hey, let's take a picture by the foundation. Cause this is like really where it's beginning. I love that. Well, and that's a really cool idea for, um, dual purpose marketing too. Absolutely. Like, Hey, we're going to take a picture by the foundation. The Cardinal Crest sign is going to be right there. Yep. I encourage you to put it on your social Tag media us. yeah. and you know, they're going to use all their networks going to see their entire life cycle of the job and you guys are put oh, it on your social media and people are going to say like, man, I want to be in those people's shoes. I want to take those pictures. It's, it's, that makes a ton of sense. It's cool. I, I've tried to, uh, and, and I haven't always like, um, been on top of people, but we actually created this thing that we called Cardinal credits and we said, Hey, you know, um, as we're doing these milestones, take the pictures and if you share them and different things, if you add up to so many posts and share it, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll give you some kind of credit in, in the home to try to help people. And, and it's not as uh, as viral as you want, but it helps kind of p push people. 
the funny thing is when people do it, they always say, I'm so glad I documented this. Yeah. A lot of times people are, they're maybe reluctant or, you know, depend on the clientele. Maybe they don't even use social media. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a really cool idea. Yeah. I love that. Uh, <laughs> I have so much more I want to yeah, ask we about. Have, we have a lot of questions. We're running out of time. Yeah. Which, which always means that Joe's a great candidate for repeat. Uh, re yeah, I completely re agree. Repeat guest. Yeah. So. Real quick, let's wrap yeah. with, with this. So let's, I didn't blow it. That's no, good. you did oh. great. You did oh. fantastic. <laughs> I think our listeners would agree with that. When uh, Tom I was a little nervous. This is my first podcast, and I, oh, I had crushed one it. set up a while ago, and I get and the, something happened, and so anyway, I didn't, I didn't go through with it. But no, yeah. anyway, uh, no joke. Tom, Tom and I both have like ten more questions. So. Yeah, let's just do let's one. do one. We're gonna do one, and we're gonna because <laughs> we want to we we will have you back on. We're gonna talk to great. producer Kaylee about scheduling that, but real quick to kind of like tease maybe what we're talking about in the future. Custom homes in 2020. What's something real quick? What's something you're seeing trend wise that you like? It's a good question. I keep seeing a push for, you know, these one spaces of Eden dinings and big kitchens. I think it's going to continue. Uh, at one point, the Eden kitchen was kind of getting small because it was plans were being used as like, hey, this is a breakfast. And we're just going to use this as our eating kitchen, and it's, and it's labeled breakfast on a plan. And we're going to use the formal dining as an office. And that kind of was happening for the last for a while. And as eating kitchens have now become a standard, I've I've seen where like the dining room is just being mixed completely. Now that eating kitchen or eating dining is no longer breakfast, but people want it more proposed as an actual dining room, which that means it's just bigger. And that's the big thing that I'm seeing is our plans are tend to now focusing that even though it's still an Eden breakfast where it's right off the island, right by the kitchen, it's being more, it's it's being magnified and a little more set apart that this is the dining area of the house. Where before I felt like not on purpose, but like people were so iffy about giving up this dining room that they were forcing plans, and I would always tell them just just get rid of it. Let's get rid of it. Let's repurpose that room. And people were holding on to it for tradition. And I think now they're finally getting, saying, okay, I'm done with the dining room. Let's make the dining room off the kitchen and let's make it big and let it make it cool. And it's gonna be its own thing. And, and I think that kitchen dining area is really involving because it's very practical, super yeah. functional. And it obviously saves up some good money to be able to put that, that square footage somewhere else. I think that's gonna be really, that really keeps involving uh, that would be one of, that's a hard question. That's one yeah. of many. I could probably. Well, no, that's good. It's, we'll, we'll, we'll bring you back on and we'll talk about more trends we're seeing in, in the custom home industry. Yeah. yeah. That's a great one though. I, I, yeah. I, I see that all the time with new homes being built. So yeah, it it's the heart sense. of the home really. Yeah. So totally it makes right. sense. The heart or the heart? Right. The heart. What's the difference? <laughs> well, the one's the by the fire. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The heart. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you have a hearth in your heart in the kitchen. Okay. Yeah, that note. <laughs> what a great way to wrap up that podcast. Good. Joe, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your yeah. expertise. We loved hearing your story. And again, no we will problem. definitely bring you back on so we can talk more about trends, but then also just to hear what sets you apart. I, I think we've got a million questions that we could talk about the customer experience that you guys are providing, which is great. So yeah, we, sure. we applaud you for that. Continue to keep the good work. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I really enjoyed it, guys. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate you. Go Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah. Go Chiefs. We'll see ya. Love what you heard? Don't forget to rate and subscribe to our podcast so you can hear from more guests that will benefit your business. Also, please check out our show notes page for more information on what we discussed on this episode. You can find it at buildertrend.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on The Building Code. Appreciate you.